Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody. And Brianna Taylor's family is $12 million richer, and yet we are all still poorer. I mean, $12 million would surely say a whole lot of wrong happened, and yet no one has been arrested or charged with her. So no individual did it. But the city of Louisville is like, we're really, really, times 12 million, really sorry. It is the largest, I believe that I have been hearing, it is the largest settlement that a black woman's family has received for murder uh, by police. Look, I think that $12 million is just, is right. I think that it doesn't equate to justice, though, and that's the place that we still find ourselves, that these cities, these places, they will paint Black Lives Matter in the street. You have fucking actors coming out and saying, I won't voice Black characters anymore. You have, you know, the fashion industry taking on their own racism. You have places doing everything but the one thing that Black people are asking for, which is fucking justice, which is well, arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. Well, which is which, which is justice, which is police treat us with basic decency and respect. And you're right, where Hollywood, municipalities, all sorts of different sorts of people are stepping up and saying, hey, let's be more equitable toward black and brown people. Mostly in symbolic ways, but in some substantive ways. We'll see how it plays out over the years. But when you have police departments who almost en masse are saying, fuck no, we're going to continue beating ass. We're going to continue being disrespectful. I saw this crazy video of a boy who may have been 17, 18, 19. He's large, but he was still a boy had been cited for, I believe it was going through a stop sign, and the cop had taken his license, 
his uh, insurance card and was just standing there with her hand on her gun menacingly as if like I'm about to pull out my gun and start shooting all you Negroes. And his mom, the boy's mom was there like, just do your job, write the ticket and keep it moving. It don't need to be all this with your hand on your gun. And you're just standing there, not saying anything, not answering any questions, calling for backup. What is the problem? Just do your damn job. And the police have consistently responded to protests against police brutality with, police brutality and it just shows how little they care about what we're saying which goes to the notion that we should be talking about abolition because they clearly don't they will not be part of any reform effort at all yeah i just you know i i think that what we have seen from you know remember the case in buffalo of oh. all of those buffalo police officers in their full riot gear in new york and then literally pushing down an el- elderly man, man who yeah. um who now has ha- had had to be in the hospital and has a brain injury because of it right yeah. like we we saw this in portland we've seen it you know all over the country in terms of their reaction to protests about their behavior like this isn't this wouldn't be such a reckoning if i don't know the police chiefs of all the police departments sat down and said yeah you know what we have a fucking problem Right. Like we have a problem. You know, we 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 as we as police officers are are called to do a myriad of things when, in fact, you know, if we had more social services, we wouldn't have to be tasked with with dealing with people that are having a mental health crisis. Right. We wouldn't have to be tasked with people with drug addiction. We wouldn't have to be tasked with these things. But there's no basically the response is police saying, how dare you? How dare you challenge my authority? How dare you do anything other than what I am directing you to do yeah. and quickly? Challenge- it, it, it is it's 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 the idea that how dare us challenge white men in general yep. about their behavior, about their power, and let me show you exactly what I will do now that you have challenged me. That's the, their the, response. The yes, the challenge to authority the the just the tiny bit of not leaping to do what they say right away is disgusting um two moments that really underscore all this for me in philadelphia a cop used a baton to crack the skull open of a peaceful protester who was unarmed when he was uh, I, I forget what it was, but I think he he was he was removed from the force. So you saw him walking out of the police department in plain clothes, and the officers were lined up around the entryway, cheering for him and applauding him as if he had not done something horrible and shameful, horrific, horrific. Um, the other one that just you know, continues to destroy me, the female officer who went to McDonald's and cried and had, and was stricken with fear that they were going to do something to her food because her food took 60 seconds instead of her coffee took 60 seconds to come instead of 30 seconds. And that cued for me, the irrational fear 
that they have of us that they are operating under, right? That they expect that all that they are the victims and we are all out to get them, but they have the badge and the gun. So they're using their force against us rapidly because they're so afraid and feeling like we are the real victims. They, they think they are the real victims. That's part of the problem. They don't see themselves as the aggressors or the ones with power. They are the victims. You know, that, I, but that's the problem in general, I think, with white America is that they see themselves as the victims, the victims of violence, um, the, 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 the victims of, 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 of threats by these, you know, whether it be caravans of undocumented people, whether it be, you know, oh, that we're, we're going to erase all of the suburbs and, and uh, all the suburbs are going to turn into, you know, uh, crime infested cities and all of these things. Oh it, it's, it's made up. It's made up. When you look through, you don't even have to look into history to see that most of the violence in this country, most of the violence that has been perpetuated has been done so at the hands of white men, right? Like, that's the truth. And, you know, when I hear about, like, their tears and their, I said, go into another line of work. You didn't have to, you didn't have to choose this. If you are afraid of people, you don't have to be a police officer. Nobody drafted you. By the way. By the way, nobody drafted you. By the way, policing is not one of the top 10 most dangerous jobs in America. There are many other jobs where there is a much higher mortality rate. And I understand that, yes, policing is dangerous. But when they talk about how dangerous it is and when we see incidents where they are misusing their force and their power, it's generally not against criminals it's generally not against oh somebody is suspected of having shot up the school and so they bashed his head in in arresting him it is the 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 civilian stop where they pull over an average citizen for going too fast on the road or having a broken taillight and all of these people are presumed to be mass murderers until proven otherwise and treated that way and as you said the tiniest bit of questioning, of not moving fast enough, leads to now I must crush you as an individual. It's just hard to watch these cops feel like it is them who are the victims as opposed to those of us who have been dealing with police violence throughout our lives. It only seems to have ramped up in the era of, let's say, Trayvon Martin Eric Garner, who would have turned 50 just recently, Michael Brown, and the Black Lives Matter hashtag names that have exploded over the past few years. Um, It just makes me think about the black man who stood up to Trump at that uh, event this week and was like, so you're talking about make America great again. When was America great for black people? And like, yeah, I don't know what era he would be referring to that like black people would want to return to. Certainly not the 50s or the 40s or the 30s. Um, you know, Trump's best answer is, well, things were going really good six months ago. <laughs> That's not an answer. I just don't, I, I'm just like so confused in his mind about what he thinks was happening six months ago. Like I, it, 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 it is if unemployment you know, was low. Trump, That's what he thinks. That's the I only mean, thing that, he thinks about us. 
This show is part of the Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition. The midterms are coming, and it's more important than ever that we protect and fix our elections. We all know that our government is broken. Politicians spend more time working for themselves, their big donors, and their political party instead of for us. We as Americans have had enough of the corruption, partisan bickering, and gridlock. Look, I get that all the nonsense makes you want to tune out, but I'm here to tell you there's reason for hope. Our political system is broken now, but we can fix it. That's why we've partnered with Represent Us, a nonpartisan grassroots organization that has helped notch more than 160 victories to improve our elections and give power back to the voters where it belongs. Right now until November, there are many, many ways you can get involved. Represent Us is working in cities and states to pass good government policies like ranked choice voting. And they're also recruiting folks to help staff the polls. Let's protect our elections now and for generations to come. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. That's represent.us slash pod. There is so much more and there's so many different layers. I mean, look at this. Donald Trump had one black friend that he killed, Herman Cain, and he can't even bring up that motherfucker's name in the midst of COVID, right? So like I I commend, um, I believe his name was Reverend Clay, who sat through that bumbling uh, town hall that Trump did in order to bring a very direct question to him only to be brushed off when he said, you know, what are you going to do about race, you know, race relations in America? And he's just like, you know, I hope that there aren't any race problems in America. And it's just like, are you dumb? Like, are you dumb? You know, I, I think that Trump is of 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 the of the space where he believes his own bullshit. Right. Because everybody around him feeds him these lies and tells him that he is the Messiah, that he is great, um, that he is the savior, that he alone can fix this. Um, and so when he's confronted with the truth, he doesn't know what to do with it because it works outside of the the paradigm that he's created for himself. I just I think that. I'm very concerned with the rhetoric that seems to be being ramped up by his administration officials, one of which would just took medical leave today. Um, the assistant at HHS, uh, Mike Caputo, uh, who just did a Facebook rant at the end of last week or beginning of this week. I don't know because I feel like I live in an upside down world where he said that if Trump doesn't win, there will be armed militia that the CDC are filled with scientists that are a bunch of liars that are trying to undermine the president. Like they believe their own hype. Like they are, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy with them. But I think that. From the New Yorker staff writer, Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. 
Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. In this is a deep warning for America over the next 47 days or so uh, until Election Day about what we are, what we're up against. Well, you know, what should be, what should be the punishment long term for those who were complicit within the White House and the administration, those who allowed and helped perpetuate this happening? Um and separately, what should be the punishment for those who voted for him, raised money for him, and supported him? Because I think they're two different camps, and they're different crimes. And I mean, like, sort of social crimes or, like, crimes against America. And, you know, in the future, people will say things like, you know, I was doing the best that I could with the information I had at the time. You know, I was trying to save the country from going even worse, like, you know, you should have seen the things that I prevented from happening. Um, that's not going to be good enough. There's a whole group of people who are helping him, who are aiding and abetting him, who are perpetuating this, and a group, of, and another group of people who supported this. And they should not be able to leave the White House and go on to Dancing with the Stars or go on to hmm. television and book contracts and like, mm-hmm. hey, because because every in every administration, you leave and you get to join media or lobbying firms or, you know, you get to start your own thing because you have this tremendous well of experience having worked in the Bush or the Obama White House or what, Clinton White House or what have you. This is entirely different. And those people who supported Trump, who voted for him, who bought his bullshit. I mean, like Jim Acosta at mm-hmm. a rally saying, you know, why aren't you wearing a mask? And a man saying, because it's fake. Now, where did he get that idea from? From Donald Trump. And now Trump has disavowed that idea, but the man chooses not to hear that because when people have deeply held beliefs, even somebody giving them counter-information they will not want to change it. So this, so Trump already put the idea in the man's head of this is fake. It's a hoax. It's not real. Um, so now that Trump is secretly to Bob Woodward admitting, oh, yeah, no, it's it's real. It's real. This man and so many others don't want to hear it. I mean, like, we have anti-mask rallies. We have it people acting like I'm... not wearing a mask is the personal freedom that represents what America is really all about. I I mean, just the, the right has gone so far off the deep end and it's not enough to blame Fox, to blame Facebook, to blame, like you're an adult and you have participated in the ruination of America and there should be some 
punishment. And I mean a social punishment. I'm not talking about jailing all these people, right? Because that's ridiculous, although it's a tasty idea. It's ridiculous. But like there should be some long-term stain on your reputation, on your name, that you were a Trump supporter at some level during this low moment in American history. I mean, here's the thing is that, you know, if, if through the grace of God and 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 the universe being on our side that we are able to navigate through unprecedented voter suppression, uh, Bill Barr um, mm. turning the Department of Justice into Trump's own law firm, uh, Louis DeJoy uh, defunding the uh, U.S. Postal Service, uh, Mitch McConnell stacking the courts. Like, if we're able to get through all these things and actually win the election, we're not going to be able to do what the Obama-Biden administration did and is just turn the page on all of the shit that Bush did. Right. Like, let's let us not forget that Donald Trump is not the first president to have done some criminal shit. George W. Bush and Dick Cheney took us into a war that they lied about. Right. In telling us that there were weapons of mass destruction, there were not. And here we are decades later, still trying to get out of the areas in which they brought us into. But what did Obama do when he came in? He said, much like they always do, for the betterment of the country, we got to move forward. And I'm telling you that in this particular instance, we need to have the Trump trials in the same way that Germany had the Nuremberg trials, because we are not going to be able to turn the page. America is not going to be able to heal. This is an open wound that needs to be treated before any sutures are put in to close it up. Well, I, I think about the South African truth and reconciliation trials and just sort of like, let's get it all out. Just almost as like a sociological record so we understand why this happened to us. So we can try to make sure that it doesn't happen to us as a nation again. Because, you know, there's no reason why in 20 or 40 years the GOP can't vomit up another horrendous yep. person who takes the country off into another direction. And you have a similar, a Mitch McConnell, uh, you know, a Matt Getz, these other sorts of people who aid and abet them, a Stephen Miller, a Steve Bannon, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I mean, people who are like, you know, I, I, I just want power and to be mm -hmm. near and to be exercising power there's not even a particular ideology that they are trying to forward it's just power in and of itself and it's quite frightening and disgusting and i you know i feel like forever if you were associated with trump in a specific or or indirect way you were a voter there should be a stain on your name and your reputation like if you are talking to somebody and you're like, yeah, I supported Trump. Like, like it, it but, should but be like something at, that you're embarrassed about forever. But look at the point that you made just before in saying that you shouldn't be able to leave this administration and just like slink back into Dancing private society and Fox go contract, the Sean Spicer, deal. right? Right. Yeah. Sean Spicer, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, like 
all of these people who have left the administration, John Bolton, like, let me go write a book. Let me make a million dollars. Let me go do these things that then rehab, right? All of the horrendous things that I supported, that I pushed through, the lies that I told, like, we... It's like we welcome these people back with open arms and we don't question them. It's just like par for the course. Oh, you were in this horrific Hitler regime, but like, oh, teach me how to bake after. And let me let me soften up your character so then you can go back on television to spew more bullshit. It's like the fact is, is that we have we don't have accountability. This is why Donald Trump was able to be born out uh, of of our lack of accountability that we have for our leaders. We don't have accountability. I think there's a specific part of America that lacks accountability, right? There's a right-wing media apparatus that will go for anything, that will do anything. So these people can get deals with a Fox News, right? They can get a deal— at uh, on an OANN and stuff like that. We're not seeing, I don't believe we're going to see, people leave the Trump White House and go to MSNBC, right? Now, as I say that, I think about CNN hiring Corey Lewandowski. Yep. But I, 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 the, as I struggle to say, I think we're not going to see a lot of that. I think, imagine cnn will think better of doing that going forward although i don't know i don't know why i would have an iota of faith in cnn when we know jeff zucker was trying to butter up trump himself and talk about maybe we could do a show with you i mean i think zucker assumed he's gonna lose but we would love to do a show with you so they would have had trump coming on once a week to talk about how shitty hillary clinton is doing right that's that's what we would need on cnn somebody throwing virtual tomatoes at her through the television every week. Um, I just wish, see, that's, this is what I'm talking about when I talk about accountability and I talk about these wayward white men in power that are able to do whatever the fuck that they want. You know, you have all of these rules, quote unquote, that Twitter puts out, that Jack Dorsey and Twitter puts out, right? Trump has broken every single one of them. Have you seen Trump's account be banned? Have you seen him be blocked even for, even for a week, even for, even for a day? No, you don't see any of that happening. You have, you know, the instances he's retweeting this week, uh, a fake video of Joe Biden and, and the NWA, you know, fuck the police. They allowed the video on Twitter to go out, be viewed millions of times, and then say, oh, Oops. it's manipulated. Oops. It's, you know, it's whatever. No accountability. Again, FCC, somewhere, something. Like, uh, these people are just allowed to do what the fuck it is that they want whenever they want it, whether it's for ratings, if it's for money, if it's for more power. There is no accountability. If you are a white man, you get to do whatever you want. You can run the country into the ground, but you get to fail up and get a television show. You You can, you know, help and abate foreign interference, but... Nothing's going to happen. You'll just go sit in front of Congress, testify, lie to their faces, but, you know, go and collect your billions on the back end. And I just, you know, if we don't do something at this moment in time, then what comes after Trump is going to be worse. And I know that people are like, what could possibly be worse? Somebody who is actually smart, 
but just as just as uh, devoid of morals and values and patriotism as Donald Trump is, but smart. Yes. That is what is. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. The most dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Just as we thought the GOP couldn't do worse than Bush, uh, eight years later, they were like, hold my beer. We got worse than that. <laughs> you know, and four to eight years from now, they could be like, you never thought we'd put this person up for the presidency, but here we go. We. I mean, you're right. That would be the 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 thing that we have that saves us is that Trump is dumb and that he says the quiet part out loud. Oh. Right? He's he's like the burglar who can't help but like, you know, chew uh, Cheetos as he's walking into the building. <laughs> it's like Dude, everybody can hear you. You know you're supposed to be quiet, right? Like you were also to- your orange fingerprints are on everything. Right, your orange like literally. Like, like you, we know that you were here. You know, once I hate to say this, but once, let's say I'll say it like this: somebody who I know uh, was way into graffiti and pocket knives, and in the home that I was renting an apartment, they graffitied their name in glass on the front door. And I was like, dude, you wrote your name. <laughs> like, I mean, you're not supposed to graffiti on private property. That's part of the unwritten rules. You graffiti on public property, right? But like, you wrote your name. Like, you couldn't possibly have hoped to escape this crime. Like, what are you talking about? Um, so Trump is that stupid. So yes, somebody perhaps like a Pence, like a Tom Cotton, who's smart enough to do the things and not let us know and to try to manipulate Washington in ways that are effective, that are beneath our radar, as opposed to Trump, who is, he, you know, he is the proverbial bull in a China shop, um, that would be scarier. That would be scarier. And it would require people who really understand Washington, like waving their arms, going, something is wrong, this guy. But, you know, we have a media that is largely complicit, 
that will say Trump said something for which there is no evidence rather than say he lied. He fucking lied. Right. Like, don't use 10 words when you can use when you can use three. I mean, that's strunk and white right there. We, you know, you know, Trump uh, divides again racially charged words. There is no such thing as racially charged. It's fucking racist. And if you're not saying it's racist, then you are aiding and abetting and perpetuating racism by not calling it out when you see it. And when it is so not only blatant, but purposeful to not call it out, you are part of the problem. But this is where we are right now. It is where we are. And, you know, the thing is, is that I I also believe, and this is, I tell people all the time on my other show, like, let us not debate about what plans Biden and Harris are putting out. Let us not, you know, start to unpack that until they are until the day after inauguration, right? Because what Trump is doing right now is far worse. And so I don't need to hear Biden's plans, frankly, um, because they have to be a thousand times better than 200, than knocking on the door of 200,000 dead Americans, than knocking on the door of the fact that even the CDC president, who we no longer trust, saying that, you know what's going to be more effective than any vaccine that we can put out? Wearing a fucking mask. Wait, did you see wearing the, a mask? Did you see the white woman at the no mask rally who said George Floyd said I can't breathe and he died, and we're saying we're wearing masks, we can't breathe, and you're like just wear a mask. I'm like. Oh my God, is this a Chappelle sketch come to life? How fucking dare you? <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, a, it's like, there's a you list tell of me things. these stories and I just want to hunt that woman down and punch her in her face. She deserves and like, that I'm not punch. A vi- and like, I'm not a violent person, but like that type of fuckery, like will have me on one. When white people align themselves with George Floyd or use, uh, the name of Dr. King to say like, you shouldn't be racially aware because he said we should be judged by the content of our character. So you should be colorblind. That's what he would want. These are the sorts of things that make me explode in the brain and want to just sort of like pull all my hair out and lose it. Um, and you see this. We also than- remember that they killed him, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they like so. Here's the thing: is that like I want white people to stop invoking Martin Luther King because you fucking killed him too, right? But so it, like every everybody that you want to raise up is like black people should follow this, that, and the other thing. It's like how about you shut the fuck up? Because it doesn't matter whether we sat quietly at a lunch counter, whether we held hands over a bridge, whether we wanted to pray with you about it. You still found a way to beat the shit out of us or assassinate us. So what else would you like us to do? I mean, stop giving me your tips on activism against your supremacy. I mean, besides the fact that Dr. King was not colorblind, he was not against a lack of racial awareness. That was never the point. Um, you know, so just trying to use him as some ideal of like, you shouldn't be talking about race at all. No, that's insane. That's, that was not the point, but to what you're saying, Kaepernick protested peacefully 
and they kicked him out of the league. Then Black Lives Matter came in his wake. Some of those protests got violent. Sometimes there was rioting and looting, which is not necessarily part of Black Lives Matter, but was part of the general frustration of hundreds of years of people who were like, we are not being listened to and we're not going to put people's lives, uh, we're not going to put the value of property over people's lives, so fuck your business. That was condemned. I can't, I was supporting you until you broke into the Apple store. I can't ride with you when you broke <laughs> Can't in. ride with you because I needed those towels from the Target you, you burned. You, yeah, you smashed you smashed the, the the window of the Nike store. You stole Nikes. I can no longer support your anti-racist agenda. And then you get NFL players peacefully pregame linking arms in Kansas City. And the motherfuckers booed them. Booed. They booed them. Like, that's where we are in America, where a majority white audience booed unity. Like, that's that's booed unity. It wasn't it's just the players. And- it was coaches. It was white and black. The message was unity on at game one. Don't tell. It's it, it just so disgusting. And you know what? I don't even want to put it on the people of Kansas City because I'm certain that in most NFL cities, they would have booed. And I noticed that the leadership of the Kansas City Chiefs, the NFL, and the city of Kansas City did not come out and say, um, excuse me, that's not who we are. That's that's not appropriate. That's not acceptable. Don't do that. Where was Roger Goodell then to say, hey, that's not what we, you know, we should be standing with these players as they make this stand. And by the way, no, Kaepernick cannot have a job. Because <laughs> it seems like all bullshit until he get at least gets something. I mean, it's just, it is all bullshit. And I, I just, you know... It's not as if we're going to have the election on November 3rd. The, sh- the clock is going to strike midnight and then everybody's going to regain their senses. Oh. That's what like that's the that's the thing that is making me most concerned is that 47 days from now, we already know that we may not know the results of the election on election night. Right. That it may be days and weeks. And like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You don't know. Michigan just told you, you don't know. I don't know about weeks. You're telling us. I don't know about me. I don't know about, I don't even know about days. We are trending toward, and I understand the challenging factor of, let's call it shenanigans, tomfoolery, cheating, stealing, lying by Trump at all. I understand that. But at this point, we have an extremely stable race that he is losing by a lot, and we are trending toward a significant Trump defeat. What? Are you believing the polls now? Are, like, course. is this where we are? Are you back to? Wait, we're we, just. We, 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 you're, you're, you're not. I mean, like, if we had, if I, if you said you're just believing one poll, <sighs> I could understand you. But we're talking about a race that for six months or more has been extraordinarily stable. It is not moving around. Trump's approval rating for four years has not moved significantly. Generally, there's a range of 10 to 15 points that a, that a president's approval rating will move within. Trump has been right around 41, 42 the whole time. 
He has been far more stable than anyone ever. Um, he's going to have a very, very difficult time suddenly leaping above that number on election day. He's going to have but a. Does he have? But does he have to Torre? That's the yes, point. Does absolutely. He have to leap? Yes, of course. Really? You can't. You cannot when you win. Have, when you have, you Putin can't win an election and, with forty-two percent. giving you an alley oop. You have Putin and Barr giving you an alley oop. Do you need? To go beyond the 40%. What I'm saying is take the polls with a grain of salt because there are actors that are working aggressively, right? To make us believe that everything is fine. It'll all be good in 47 days. And I'm telling you, they are ensuring that it will not be. I, I think that you, I mean, yes, you make a lot of sense with that point. And I, yes, I totally hear you. I also want to point out that Putin in particular, does mm-hmm. not necessarily want Trump to win. He wants democracy to seem absurd and ridiculous to Americans. And whatever result will degrade democracy is what he wants. So the election of Trump worked to that thesis in 2016. In 2020, he may understand that which either way is fine. He may understand that Biden winning this time may actually be better for Russia because you have a significant portion of America that will not believe. I mean, like, whichever way we go, we're going to have a significant portion of America that thinks the election was unfair, right? Because Trump has already told Mm -hmm. his people they are trying to cheat, right? So here's how we cheat, right? We're going to vote twice. We're going to do all sorts of crazy things. But so if Trump loses or when Trump loses, his people will think it was unfair. God forbid he should win. We will correctly know that it was unfair. So either way, you will have a significant portion of the country thinking it was unfair, and thus the integrity of democracy itself will be at risk. That's what Putin really wants. He doesn't really care if Biden or Trump is president. I think that that's fair. I think that that that, that point is fair. I think, however, Trump allows him to get uh, his agenda through. He allows he allows that thesis to be proven correct, right? Because if all of our agencies are gutted, if our hope is lost, if our um, belief in leaders telling us the truth and wanting to act in our best interest is false and proven so by a day-to-day basis with Trump and his officials lying to our faces, uh, Putin wins, Right. And so just by that point, ensuring in many ways that Donald Trump can sail into into another win. Right. Works to his advantage. It'll be fine because China wants Biden to win. So that'll take care of (laughs) that'll balance the scales out. Right. This is what I like. Literally, I just want to I just want to you know what I would like to do is that I would like for somebody to drop me off in the Maldives with like two cases of wine, a little bit of weed and then just wake me on November 10th, which is my birthday. And hopefully by then the election will have been solved. And by then I'll be unconscious. Well, no, but no, but no, we need you specifically and people (laughs) like you who not to be drunk woke and passionate and engaged and thoughtful to be raising your voice, to be raising your heart, to be singing from your spirit about like, things are fucked up. Do not lose faith. We have to defeat this motherfucker. And if people like you 
go off to the Maldives. To the Maldives. With too little <laughs> weed and too much wine and zone out during the the last minutes of the fourth quarter because we are leading, but the game is not over. Kobe Bryant would be like, job not finished. We got to finish the job, right? Yeah, Jay-Z would true. be like, you got to eat your breakfast, right? Finish your breakfast, right? That's what finish your breakfast means. Mm. Make the layup. Win the game. Finish the game, right? Biden is winning, but the game is not over, and it can be lost. We got to finish the game, and if people like you leave or zone out or say, it's too much stress, I can't take it anymore, then the side of those of us who are like, we have to get our country back from these maniacs will lose. I'm not going to the fucking Maldives until after, if in fact we lose the election and I need an escape plan. But this because is, I'd this like is, to visit I'd like to visit it before, you know, climate change completely fucks it up. This is so, what being in a third world country is like that you talk about what other countries are going to decide who will be your leader. You yeah. talk about how your leader is corrupt and lying yeah. to you and incompetent. You talk uh-huh. about how half the country doesn't believe in the truth, but you still have to find a way to deal with them. I mean, like, this is this is a third world country. We're a shithole country. We're a shithole fucking country. Uh. On the same day that we are ticking off a thousand people a day dying, Canada, which is right above us. It's right there. Zero deaths. It's right there. Zero deaths. It's right there. Zero, zero. deaths. Zero. zero deaths. How did zero. It, it, besides, it, it, uh, oh, Canada. <laughs> oh, Canada. Take zero. us. Zero. Zero. <laughs> Democracy ish. The Canadian edition, eh? <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my God! If we if we did not live in America, we would be laughing at America, at America, and proposing like perhaps our country, whatever that is, we should invade America and install democracy because they have clearly lost their way. Also, it's probably really cheap to shop there now since the whole place is on a fucking demise. So maybe we should go on a tragedy porn vacation and visit America. Oh, my God. I mean, like, the the rich of Europe and Asia oh, and yeah. the Middle East should be shopping for real estate in New York City right now because Trump done fucked it up. And bar- if, we, not for, if not for bow. COVID— let me tell you something. They we are we are not even fucking Walmart right now as a country. Do you know what I'm saying? Like Look, we are the fucking salvation army the dollar of store. countries. We're, we're the, dollar the dollar store. store. We're the dollar uh, we're store. The big, we're the big lots of countries right the fuck now. Ah, we're the dollar store. <laughs> Thank you, GOP. Thank you. Thank you, Thank yep. you GOP. We're the dollar Make America store. cheap and broke again. <laughs> Make America whack again. Oh my God. Oh my God. We can do it. Um, well, thank you for listening <laughs> to Democracy Ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody. And we'll be back next week if mm, 
If if there if there is a country, we need you guys on your knees praying, chanting, jumping, singing, praising the universe, praising China for allowing us to continue <laughs> to be a democracy for another four years. Please, China, if you oh can my, hear China, us, China, if you're listening, if you're listening, the forty thousand emails that Trump wrote, please, for the love of God, we need you. Or the Mark Burnett tapes or something. Good Lord. Will anything Anything. wake these people up? Oh, God, I can't. So what do you think? The percentage chance that we'll have a country next week? Above 50 or below 50? Uh, Hovering like 45-ish. Oh, God. All right. Well, with a 45% chance of being back next week. We'll see you then. We'll see you then. Pray about it. Pray about it.